Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the Art of Decluttering podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Kirsty Frugia from Feels Like Home Professional Organizers. And I'm Amy Ravel from Simply Organised. We can't wait to share with you all our tips and tricks to help you declutter and keep your home and family organised. If you'd like to engage with the podcast further, you can find us at The Art of Decluttering on Facebook. Let's get started. joined us for episode 40 of the Art of Decluttering. Today we'll be talking about decluttering and organising your crafts and hobby space. Oh, the amount of people that have craft and hobby spaces that have asked for an episode on this. It's about time we got round to it. Yes. I think that needs a tinkle bells. Can you tinkle bell us? Oh, was it this one? Yeah, that's the tinkle bells. That's it. We're here Would today. you like to hold it so that next time you feel inspired? Oh, no, because no, I will have no there. self-control. Put it over there. Okay. Excellent. <laughs> you see, we're at Jared's Studios today. You should just call it Jared's Studios, Jared, so that we don't have to remember that it's 440 Studios. Is that right? He's listening and nodding. 440 Studios in Eltham. <laughs> and inside the studio... There's these awesome twinkle bells. So you have heard me play them over previous episodes. Kirsty has found the rain. Yeah, they don't have the same effect, do they? They just sound a bit... And we've got cowbells. Or cowbells could be interesting. You've got to um, hit them. Nah. Nope. Not what we want. It's twinkle bells all the way. So actually, it's kind of cool to be doing... Oh, the triangle. (gasps) That's for story time. (laughs) <laughs> okay, well, so some crafts or some hobbies are music, but we're not really going to be talking about musical no, instruments what we're today, talking are about we? Today is really your crafts and hobbies that have lots of bits and pieces and stuff. So, big shout out to Tara Lee though; she is one of the people that asked for this episode. So, thanks, Tara. Thanks, Tara. Um, we're talking kind of about hobbies that have lots of bits and pieces. So, if your hobby's dancing. You probably don't have a lot of crafty bits and hobby bits. So dancing doesn't have a lot. We're going No, to be... no, no. Dancing has a lot. Dancing <laughs> as a hobby, you don't end up with like, oh, no, maybe. Okay, We're bad example. We're going to do a whole episode on dancing We <laughs> as are a too. hobby. <laughs> we are too. All right. Scrap what I just said. Yeah. Rewind. If you've got a hobby, Kirst, yes. in your house and you've got boxes and boxes of supplies... How do you know whether to keep them, whether they should go, whether you should store them in a different way? 
I think there's some really important questions to ask yourself. Do you want me to tell you what some of those yeah, questions let are? Me know. Okay. I would ask you, is this still a passion of mine? Is it or and is it still me? For instance, I've had clients who are really into sewing, um, but the material that they've had in stock isn't them anymore. That's true because crafts often evolve. Yes. Like I used to do jewellery making and I actually used to provide my jewellery to Sports Girl to sell, but it was like really basic beading kind of stuff. You are so fascinating, Amy. I've had a ridiculous amount of jobs. You are... Full of so when wisdom I was at, and gems. When I was at uni, I there was a supplier right near my uni, so I would go to her house, pick up an order, so what sports girl wanted, and then I would pick up all the supplies, and my job was to go home, make the jewellery, then I would drop the jewellery off at her place, pick up my new order list, yeah. and such and so forth. So you're contracting to yeah. the jeweller. Correct. Yeah, awesome. Okay. So, but what I'm saying is the kind of supplies we used to make jewellery back then is completely different to the type of jewellery people wear now. Yes. And so you can still have the same hobby, but the products that you use could completely evolve over time. Yes. And so that's why it's really good to ask, is this still me? And and equally so, is this still a passion of mine? Like, am I still passionate about this hobby? Or was it something that I did BC or something that I've done in a previous incarnation of myself? <laughs> so another question is, does this hobby still fit with my values? What's Have you had, ever had a client who has changed their values and their hobbies aren't the same anymore? Well, I've had a lot of clients before children and after children, mm. they change their hobbies. So um, one of my clients was a fly fisher and mm. he loved that as a hobby and had all the stuff to go with it, but it was actually quite a time-consuming hobby. And so once having children, he then didn't pursue it as much because he valued time spent with the family rather than solo time out on a weekend. Yes, which is particularly true when you have little children. Correct. Because teenagers might get into fly fishing and it might be something that he can re-pick up later. But it is still a very good question. Does this hobby still fit with my values? Next question I want you to ask yourself, listeners, is do I have the time for it at the moment? Um, and is this the right season in my life to pursue this craft and hobby, which is what we were just talking about, the yeah. same with the fly fishing Because you might still love it. You might still have it fit with your values, but you just don't have the time in this season. And it's okay to just accept the seasons of life Yeah, and kind of go with the flow. Yeah, and it's okay to mourn that season and be sad that you don't have that time that you once Correct. had or that you don't have the same passion for that. And that's okay to acknowledge that and to say, yes, that was, I was really passionate about that. And I am, I would love to be in the future. However, let's see what the future brings and let me pick that up at a later stage without holding on to all of that and taking up valuable real estate in your home for the next 10 years when you're not actually going to be able to have time. It doesn't fit with your values or, or your passion or your time at the moment. And I think part of the hard thing, what I hear from clients is, but it costs me thousands of dollars. Mm. And it did. There's no kind of getting around that. But I think if you can just um, reconcile that with where your life is at the moment... And you might be able to on-sell some of your products and your supplies and maybe even some of your tools of the trade 
you can sell those off and then give yourself permission that if you do want to take it up again, say in 10 years when the kids are older, that you can then reinvest in that because it's good to invest in hobbies. Hobbies generally are not free. And so it is great to invest in them because you're investing in your own enjoyment and your quality of life. And it's fun. Yes. And so please don't hear that this is an anti-hobbies, anti-craft show. Oh, no. We, we're all for it. Yes. Yes. We just want you to maximize the enjoyment that you get out of your home as well as maximizing the enjoyment that you get out of your hobbies and your family. And sometimes just letting go of the supplies when that season's finished is really freeing. I know for a season I made wheat bags and sold them and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And I'd go and I had a wheat supplier that I bought from like yeah. this grain store and then I'd go and buy lavender and I had all these things, materials, and, and I'd make them and I'd sell them and make them friends and family. And then once I had kids, I just didn't have time. But the box sat there, I reckon, until maybe seven years into having children. And then I finally went, you know what? As much as I loved it, I do not have the time for this anymore. So in actually getting rid of it, it freed me up. Instead of looking at it and going, I really I should. I feel guilty. I feel That's guilty right. that I've spent all this money. Now you don't even look at the box because it's not in your house anymore. Correct. And you have no guilt and shame no over guilt. that. And the other thing is, I mean, we get this question all the time with every possession in the house, not just craft and hobbies, but I spent good money on this. And that's right. You have spent good money on this. Having it sit in your home isn't giving you that money back. No. Isn't, it's not paying for itself. <laughs> it's, not, it's not an asset there, income generating asset that's creating money for you if it's just sitting there. So either get back into that hobby and start using those materials or as we said and we'll continue to say, sell them. Um, re, you know, recoup some of the money or be generous as well and just give it away. Donate it to somebody. You know, donate it to a friend who's a raving, passionate, crazy, loony tunes about that hobby of yours because they'll be so thankful for it. So another question. What's another question you can ask yourself, Amy? Well, I mean, we're talking about me having it for seven years. When was the last time I used this? Mm. When was the last time I did crocheting? When was the last time I did... Do you remember paper tolling? Oh, those... Tw- twirling like I think yeah yeah yeah, yeah but and you'd, you'd twirl, twirl it and you'd all up make and then, cards yeah. and Whoa. so we were flashback to the my 90s. family was a massive crafting family hmm. so every time we went on holidays we would enroll in craft lessons and I loved it I did every type of craft imaginable from calligraphy through to jewelry making through to paper crafts I did um plasticine crafts where you'd le- use like FIMO I think it was called yeah and you'd like cook it in the oven like I'm talking every craft you can think of I got into it knitting sewing crocheting and because you are who you are I can imagine you going full hog passionate obsessed yeah into it with everything every fiber of your being you, you know invest. me well Kirst. I do <laughs> kind of and uh pretty much every new hobby created a new business in my mind <laughs> <laughs> Of course it did, my <laughs> entrepreneurial friend. <laughs> and so I really did end up with a lot of craft supplies, a lot, and I had them all organized. Of course. So, you know, we want to talk today about decluttering and organizing, and I had yes. them all organized, fishing tackle boxes and all this kind of thing, but there did come a time when it was time to declutter those because when was the last time I used this item? Decades ago. Yeah. 
So another question you could ask yourself is, do I have a plan for this in the short-term foreseeable future? Not, you know, when my kids grow up and my kids are two. <laughs> like That's a long time away. That is 18 years away. <laughs> oh, oh that's, that's daunting. Or 16. Oh, I mean, you, you get, let's give hope to young mums here, you get time to yourself way before 16 years. <laughs> but if you've got a newborn or a toddler, it's still a little bit away for you to be heavily investing your time into something else yeah, like a hobby or a craft. So yes, do you have a plan to use this in the foreseeable future? What's another one? Well, I think when it comes to organising craft rooms, what I often see is double ups of things. Mm. And so if you have two identical looms that you're going to do your weaving on, the question could be, do I have something that could perform this function? And so maybe you don't need two looms or maybe you don't need three sets of identical tools for your calligraphying or five different tools that do all the same thing for your jewellery making. So actually really think about that and not necessarily go minimalist because craft and minimalism are harder to put together (laughs) than other areas in the home. But it is about making sure you just don't have duplicates everywhere. Yeah, and if you always pick up that one tool, you know, if you've got two or three of the same tools and you're always going for that one that feels the best in your hand, there's a reason why you're only using one tool. Like, if you're continually using that one tool, then let the other two go. Yeah. But if you are using all three, then keep all three. Like, keep all three. What I often see, and I think Etsy um, culture is a little bit of this, is I see a real confusion for particularly mums when they pick up a craft or a hobby and then they have friends and family interested in purchasing some from them or they go to a market and they make some and they think, this is awesome, I've got a business, is how do they decide, is this a hobby or is this a business? Because some hobbies do make a little bit of money, like it could pay for itself, but until you're actually paying for your time, it's unlikely that you have a business. It's probably more that you have a hobby that is self-funding, which is awesome. Yes. You can go to the ATO for the rules about a hobby versus a business. Correct. And I think in your mind, though, I'm thinking more about the mindset of it. Yeah, I know. You're just stirring me. Just getting my accountant on. (laughs) I do love visiting the ATO for all different types of reasons, but that's because I'm a total geek. Yes. (laughs) So sometimes your hobby turns into a business and then you do need more supplies. Um, Other times it's a hobby and so you can restrict it more easily what you keep and be more critical perhaps about how you store that yeah and so getting back onto the cost of things um another question to ask yourself is how much would it cost you to replace this if you did want to do it in the future say if you did want to pick it up in 10 years time when you have more free time um how much is going to cost me to do that and sometimes that can inhibit people from letting things go because they go oh no but i can see i've already spent two thousand dollars on this hobby um Am I ever going to have $2,000 again? Why don't I just stay and keep all this stuff? What would you say to people like that? Well, I think if it is something that you desperately want to take up again, maybe get a really great storage container and put it all in and store it out of sight. So it might be under the house or in the attic, somewhere where it's genuinely out of sight, where it's not in the corner of your office, where you're seeing it all the time, but somewhere where you can say, actually, I have full intention of using that again this is not going to date. Mm. I'm actually just going to store this really well. And I think 
there's some occasions when that's the right decision to make. Yes. Yes, of course there is. So another question to ask yourself is, could this be of more use to somebody else at the moment than it is to me currently? So maybe the lending and the Mm. sharing community that we've talked about before. It might be that you're in a club and you say, I'm just going to give this to someone in the club or I'm going to lend it to the club and I would like to have it back in two years, but I know that this can be of great use to people in the meantime. Yeah, exactly. Like lending it to your girlfriend or your mate who's really into that hobby and saying, but I really want it back in five years' time or I want it back next year or, you know, this season of my life is a bit hectic at the moment, so I want you to, because I can see how much joy you're getting out of this, so you can use my stuff, but I totally expect it back. (laughs) That's awesome. And what I, so my philosophy when I lend things, just personally I'm talking, Mm. is I always lend and I'm very clear about expectations. This is yours to pass on. This is yours to keep. You can sell it when you're done with it or I'd really like it back in a certain period of time. But in my heart of hearts, I'm always prepared to be totally okay if it's lost, broken or we lose contact and it's gone. Yes. I think that's a very generous and heart-filled attitude to have to your things. It's a much better way than feeling resentful Yeah, when you've lent stuff out and you don't quite get it back as you expected. Well, you don't ever get it back. Yeah. Anyone else lost like DVDs over the years with friends that promised they were going to give it back to you in a week and like four years later you're still having to... You know, think about it. Every time you want to watch that movie, you think about that mo- that person that has your DVD. Let it go. Or if you're that person. Oh, the <laughs> amount of times. And you watch that video and you're like, oh, this isn't that video. This is not that we would do videos anymore, but DVDs. Or you see a book on your shelf and you're like, oh, next time I see Amy, I've got to give that back to her. So Speaking Kirstie- of which, Nat, I've got a book I have to give back to you. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do with your clients? This is not craft and hobby related. But I have this happen with clients all the time. They go, we can't get rid of that. I borrowed that from my year 11 English teacher and it's hers. I, I can't up shop it. But they have no, like they've got no way of contacting that person. Oh, let it go. Get your yeah. Elsa on for year 11 stuff from 40 years ago. 40? Woo! <laughs> or for us. 20. 20, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if it is somebody that you're going, so, and Totally let go of that old stuff. But if I have clients who see something that is something of one of their good friends, I'm like, go put it in your car now. Yep. Go do it now. And I always do that and text them yes. and let them know, hey, I've got your book in the car. Next time I see you, remind me to give it to you. Yes. Hey, Amy, you know how we ran the awesome Art of Decluttering course last year? Do you want to do it again this year? Hey, I was thinking the same thing. We had such an incredible group last year, though. Do you think we could ever match that level of awesomeness? Oh, I'm not sure, but I'm totally willing to give it a go. But hey, back up a bit. Let's tell people about what the course is about again. Well, you know how we help people each and every week in our podcast to declutter a space in their home? Well, our course is a bit different. You don't just get our best tips and tricks for decluttering, We also share with you the secrets of creating a home that is not only decluttered, but stays organised for life. Our course is for people who want to experience freedom and joy in their homes. It's perfect for you if you want to have a home that is welcoming as well as organised and where you are free to focus on living your abundant life. 
To find out more and register for our upcoming free webinars, visit theartofdecluttering.com.au. We can't wait to have you in our course community this year. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right. Back right. to crafts and hobbies. <laughs> yes. Are there any other questions, Kirst, or can I get on to one of my favourite oh, things to talk about? Amy, go, 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 talk okay. about storage. Let's talk about storage. <laughs> so this is after you have decluttered. Correct. Don't be mistaken that this is something that you should do. Go out to Bunnings, buy heaps of tubs to do before you decluttered. Be really thoughtful about what it is that you do need to keep. And if you need to keep it at all, or if you're just going to go and find a new hobby when you're a little bit different, you've changed your mind or you've changed because you've grown as a person and you've got different ideas and thoughts because we all do that, then declutter and then go out and do Amy's favourite thing. Correct. My One of my pet peeves is when people buy their storage before they declutter. Hell Yes. Because it's such a waste of money and then it encourages you to keep stuff you don't need. Yeah, because I've got storage for it. I've Correct. got a storage I can, solution. I, I can, can fit, fit in. in. I can oh. fit in. <laughs> so declutter first. Declutter, 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 declutter before you go and get your storage. The and art of decluttering. Correct. What I recommend is that you plan what you need before you go and get storage. Yes. And... So many times, have you had this happen to you and your clients that you go, I think this is the right size tub or I think this is what I need, this is the right size, this is perfect shape and then you go to put it in, your clients go to put it in and they're like, that is not the right size. So I have... I'm sure you never do that. No, let me tell you, (laughs) I have a particularly acute sense of space and you know how spatial awareness... Yes. You either have it or you don't. Yes. Yeah, I have like an OCD level of spatial awareness where I can look at a distance at my husband packing the car and he goes, we can't Should fit, fit We can't fit that suitcase in. And I go, yeah, it will go there. It'll only fit by a centimetre, but it'll fit there. And he just looks at me like, you've got to be kidding, puts it in, 
within a centimeter. He goes, you're a freak. You are a freak. So but I what about your this... clients? What about your clients who buy things before you get there? Well, I take stock with me to my clients. So usually my clients are not having to buy any kind of storage containers outside of what I bring. But what if they've done it before? Like, you know, they've oh, tried they've to really be organised and gone, oh, I'm so excited. Amy's coming over. Oh. Well, I would, in that case, I would just reshuffle and I would make it work somewhere else in the house. So very, very rarely would I say, oh, well, we just have to chuck all these storage containers. It might be, yeah, you bought them for the playroom, but they don't fit. But I can see a way we can use them in the laundry. Or I see how we can use them in the linen cupboard. But... So having the right storage is really, really, really important. And you need to think about things like, does it need a lid? Mm. So a lot of storage doesn't need lids because it's just another thing that gets left off, that gets broken, that gets neglected. So does it need a lid? Do you need to be able to have a handle on the basket? Does the basket or does the container need to be clear or can it be a coloured container? Do they need to be stackable? Do they need to be modular? Like there's so many different questions to ask so that you get the right container in the right spot for the right purpose. And that's something I love helping clients negotiate. <laughs> so a good question to ask yourself around storage is how do you want to use this space? So uh, let's backtrack a little bit. Do you have to have a dedicated space for your craft or hobbies? You don't have to. But I would recommend that it's a really clever way to do anything in your home is if you've got an activity that you do is to keep everything around that activity together. Yes, but do you need a room? Oh, no, you totally don't need a room. Yeah, like do you need a dedicated room for Oh, no, 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 no. We can get so creative. We can. You can have a dedicated – I've got a client that's got a dedicated couch for her knitting. Oh, that's And so, so she's cute. got a couch that she sits at to knit – and next to it are the tubs of wool and all her supplies and everything knitting goes at that chair. Like it's just a spot. Yes. And the chair itself has nothing knitting on it, but that's where she does that activity. And so then we set up everything around that. Yeah, that's gorgeous. It is pretty sweet. Yes. So you definitely need to have the right storage and have it accessible where you do that activity. But you do not need to have a dedicated room to your hobby. No, you've got to think about having a dedicated room to your hobby is costing you thousands of dollars. You need to furnish it, heat it, cool it, build it. You know, like you're in that space and you think, well, I've got the extra room. But if you're building, really think about, do you actually need an extra room for your hobby? Maybe you do. Oh, yes. There is certainly times and places and and houses that Correct. if you already have a house, if your kids have left home... <laughs> Use the spare room. <laughs> so they can't come back. <laughs> this is just me projecting. <laughs> but what we want to tell you is if you feel like your house is too small for a hobby, yes. it's not. There's always a way. It could be just under the couch, some rolling storage or under bed storage kept under the couch that you can pull out onto the kitchen table. Yes. Awesome. Multifunctional so spaces, Kirst. Yes. So hit us with some more ideas about storage. Okay, so for craft storage, I think it's really important to have clear, modular, lidded containers because then what you can do is you can store them really easily, label them, and see what you have. So I'll have people say, oh, I only keep a little bit of ribbon, but then there's a little bit of ribbon here and a little bit of ribbon there and some in the other cupboard and some in a storage box and some in a project they're currently working on. 
And so when you bring like with like, which is something Kirsty and I are really passionate mm. about when you get to the organising stage. In fact, to be honest, even from the decluttering oh, stage. Oh, definitely, because if you don't bring like with like, then you can justify keeping those you don't know what two you've got. ribbons because you're like, oh, no, I've only got two. And then you open up another cupboard and they and all the ribbons fall out on you. Correct. But you've already decluttered, so you feel good about yourself. Yeah, you feel you feel like you've done the ribbons. Yeah. But the ribbons ain't done. No. <laughs> so when you've got your like with like, so you get all your ribbons together for argument's sake and you've decluttered them, then you can accurately see how many you've got, so what size container you need. You put them in and then the container itself becomes a limit. Because you know you actually only need the amount of ribbons that fit in that container. Mm. So when the container's overflowing, you either need to use the ribbons or declutter some ribbons. And the containers are a really great resource for you to kind of help self-monitor um, your craft or hobby collection. Yay! So I was going to ask you, um, is... Uh, some more questions to ask around storage. Like, is this a hobby that you do regularly? Is it something that you just do once in a blue moon? Or is it your business? Or is it a hobby business that you're mm. at markets every weekend and well, that you're really hoping to grow into a business or, you know? Yeah. So I guess the question that you would ask yourself is, do I need storage that stays in a cupboard? Storage that's transportable? Does it need to go to the kitchen table? Does it need to go to, do you have a craft group? And it actually needs to sit in the back seat of your car or it needs to go in your boot. Do you yeah. do it with friends so you need to be able to take it away? Do you like to travel with it? So whenever my mum travels, she takes her knitting. And so her knitting bag is a soft bag that can then go in a suitcase or in her hand luggage. Tell me what your thoughts are around then if you've got to go out to a market. So I think that like you've spoken about before, that multi-purpose um, containers are really good so that you can use them in your home and then you can take those supplies with you to the markets. Um, it just depends on what supplies you're needing to take because then you could also just have storage containers that are for your markets. Like, yes. you know, if you're a jewelry seller, then you have, you know, one, you know, at least one item of every style that you make. Um, so, and probably a whole lot more, but like one item for display or, you know, five items of each for display. And then you'd have your work in progress stuff that's refilled after every market. And so if you are going to a market, I think it's really good that when you get home that you assess what's been sold, assess what's happened, um, assess what you've got and restock your, your boxes or your containers straight away so that you're free to go next Saturday morning at the crack of dawn. Yeah, I really like that. And I think having a box or container, if you're someone that goes out and does markets, that has all your market stuff in it, mm. so tablecloths and bulldog clips and paperweights and display Petty things, cash. everything like that, just have it so you can grab it and go. Um, talking about display, lots of people when they go to markets need display. You might want to have your cards clipped onto something or have your jewellery or your paintings on easels. But have a think about, too, how you can use some of those in your home. Like, yes. if you're someone who loves to craft, maybe you do need to think of some little ways that you can display what you're working on so that it's not just put in a cupboard when it's finished, but that you can really enjoy that. Yeah. So let's talk more about displaying things. I love box frames mm. from Ikea. I love using those because you can kind of put anything in them. 
Yeah. They're really cool. Or you could use open shelving. There are heaps of display cabinet options. With display cabinets, I would recommend using ones that you can really easily change what's in there. So you're not kind of, there's not a barrier between, oh, that's what's in there, but it's such an effort to get it out, to change it, have it really fluid. Wall hooks. Oh my goodness. I love wall hooks for craft. I've used them for so many different things because you can hang stuff on them or you can put frames on them. You can hang shelving off them. Oh, wall hooks are the best. <laughs> you can get display hooks. You can get like model heads. Yeah. I'm sure there's a name for them. I've got clients that have model hands for rings and bracelets. And necks. Model necks. Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty cool. So you can use those. My absolute favorite, and this is probably not for display, this is more for storage, is the Samler boxes from Ikea. Because they come in all different sizes, but they're all modular. So you can kind of stack and arrange as you like. Awesome. So anything else to chat about today? I think we really want to encourage you that if you do have a craft or hobby that's sitting in your home, ask yourself those questions that we talked about at the start Mm. of the episode. Before you start the decluttering and the organizing, those questions are really critical and will help you make better use of your time, your home, your space, your energy. And I think you'll be happier and go and do your craft and hobby. Yeah. Let this inspire you to be really creative and enjoy what you have. Yeah. And then also think about how it is that you want to use that space. Like, is it a hobby? Is it something that you just do once in a blue moon? Like, how is it that will best serve you and best serve your family and people who live with you? Um, you know, will it annoy them too much if you've got your sewing out on the kitchen table for weeks on end, even though you're never getting to that finishing off that piece? So, you know, just think about how you best want to do your craft and hobby and how it is that you can be gracious and loving to the people who live with you. That's so lovely. <laughs> so we have got an iTunes review from the beautiful Declutter Lover. I know. What a cool awesome name. name. Love it. It's not you, is it, Kirst? No, it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> Although I am a declutter lover. You are. But I did not write this review. <laughs> so she, he, they say, just wanted to let you ladies know how much I love this podcast and how useful I find it. I was sending the link to the preschool teachers today and raving on about how great your podcast is. And I thought I'd take the time to tell you and to say Thank you. Thank you, Declutter Lover. If you too would just like to leave an iTunes review that is simply, hey, ladies, I love what you do. You make me smile. You inspire me. Please do that. We would love you. It takes probably 30 seconds. And we would love you to leave an iTunes review for us today. That's your challenge. Yes. And did you know that we have a secret bonus episode, Amy? Uh I love our secret bonus episode. What's it about? I can't tell you. Can I? Yes. Okay. Secret. It's secret. It's the secret confessions of professional organizers by Amy and Kirsty. It is so <laughs> cool. I think we've had like maybe six hundred people sign up for it. It's been heaps. Awesome. So if you haven't listened to our bonus episode, jump onto our website, theartofdecluttering.com.au, and you will see a link where you can sign up to get our secret episode that is not available on iTunes or Spotify or anywhere else. You can only grab it through our website. And if you have a craft or hobby that you are finding 
that you need a little bit of help with. You can't, you're struggling to make decisions, you're struggling in your overwhelm. You need somebody to come in and help you and encourage you and inspire you and to just love on you. And you live in Melbourne or Sydney, then call Amy or me. I've done lots of artists. Artists? Yeah, lots of artists. I've done jewelry makers. Let's go through the, just quickly. I know we're like totally out of time. Yeah. But let's quickly talk about the type of artist, just in case you're thinking, oh my goodness, is that me? I've done, so these people have had us in purely to do their craft. So I've done a jewelry maker. I have done an artist, as in like a painting canvas artist. I've done an architect drawer. I have done oh a fashion designer and I got to do her fashion studio. That was awesome. Oh. I have done oh a sewer and it like crates and crates of material and ribbing and zips and all that kind of thing and spools and spools and spools of yep. cotton. Yep. Can yep. you think of any that you've done? Um I have done a few sewing rooms. Um, and I'm just, I might like, I've had a mental blank. I'm just trying to think yeah, of what right. else. Cause I tend to, my clients tend to not just get me in for just the craft room. It's like it's part house. of their house. So yeah. I'm just trying to think of what I else. went through a stage where I, first of all, I saw an artist and then a lot of her friends in the artist industry then had me through. Oh, this was about two years ago. That's awesome. And I think I had six months of only doing craft rooms <gasps> and one of my most favourite jobs ever is I did a school art room. Oh. It was amazing. And we used all these principles, the same as we would if your craft can, was contained in just a small box, as in a whole room that services a school of 700 kids. Oh, that would be awesome. It was awesome. Yeah, like preschools, like Declutter Lover yeah, was talking about exactly. doing preschools and schools. So many options to get <gasps> us in. We can help anywhere. And help you declutter. Well, thank you so much for joining us for Crafts and Hobbies. Be inspired. Go and enjoy your craft and hobby. Ask yourself some really helpful questions. Yeah. Have an amazing week. See ya. Bye. Thanks for joining us. If you've learned something awesome today, do a friend a favour and share this episode so they too can learn the art of decluttering. You can find me, Amy, over at simplyorganised.net or on Facebook as Simply Organised PO. You can find me, Kirsty, over at feelslikehome.net.au or on Facebook as Feels Like Home PO. Don't forget, you can see the show notes in your podcast app or over at our website, theartofdecluttering.com.au. So if there's anything you want more info on, check it out there. If you love what you hear, we'd really appreciate you leaving a review on iTunes. We hope you've enjoyed listening and that you've learnt some tips to help you declutter and keep your home organised. If you'd like to join our supporter community, you can do so over at patreon.com forward slash theartofdecluttering. We hope you have a great rest of your day and enjoy the freedom. Thank you.